Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good day. The Dharma talk for today is titled Collecting Evidence? Question mark. Collecting, collecting evidence? So you could uh, start out with that and uh, as a question, are, are, are you collecting evidence for something else? Are you trying to prove something? Or do you have some kind of an agenda about getting your way, particularly? So there's, uh, there's several ways that this can be looked at, and we can start out with just the obvious way. If this happened, then that happened. So the simple thing is when this occurs, that, that occurs. It's just basic, uh, obvious. But we are in a realm called the human realm, called the realm of intense, intense relative truth. And so the self-centered mind wants to know. It wants to come to conclusions about things. And we're not, uh, not here to disprove that or go against it just saying that there's more that is going on there than just the various pieces of evidence, truckloads of evidence or shreds of evidence about this, about that, about this, figuring out, calculating, can I get this? Can I get that? Well, you wouldn't be here uh, listening to this kind of a talk if the evidence you've been collecting had come up with some kind of conclusions that made you, what, happy. And this is because all evidence is partial. You can't find the, you can't find the beginning of anything. You can't find the end of anything. The very nature of the situation is undiscoverable from the point of view of a relative logical mind. This doesn't mean you can't make what's called progress. Getting closer, we're collecting all the evidence. Eventually, we'll be able to convict. Now, the problem with convicting is it, it brings to a close the investigation. Any investigation in the mundane world, of course, is going to come to an end. We collect the evidence and we, we lock the person up or we, uh, we decide to invest in this particular company or that company because we've got enough evidence there to say this looks like a good investment. Not against that. And that works as long as we're working with the mundane situation of cause and effect in its simplicity. But cause and effect or dependent origination is not that simple. Uh, if there were a real self, if there were a real me, a real you, which actually was substantial and uh, could actually just work in a relative way with everything, then uh, might be a different situation happening here. Just like uh, I've said before, if you're going to live forever, why well, meditate? In about somewhere between three and 900 years, you might eventually start stop struggling with everything. Might take a while. We're not given that much time. It's a short classroom. Some of us are not given any time at all from a relative point of view, but from an ultimate point of view, there is no time. This is a, that's why it's called ultimate. So as I've said many, many times, it's always about the awareness of what you're doing, not exactly what you're doing, not the objects or the, the, the concepts, the ideas, the conclusions, the exclusions that are rising in the consciousness. It's about the awareness, because if there is an awareness about what is arising, then we begin to see all the the smaller, more um, more refined, perhaps, or uh, less obvious aspects of any given situation that is arising. Uh, we begin if we begin to see that, which through the sitting practice of meditation, through shikantaza, through sitting down and watching what moves over time. Excuse me. You eventually begin to see the the very very small aspects, details. You begin to see the texture of the situation that you are dealing with. So in the mundane world, this is great. Uh, we 
we uh, someone commits a crime to put use the obvious example someone commits a crime we collect the evidence yep they did it it was their gun it was their knife it was their uh, they were the one who went through the store window and and uh, took off with the, the teddy bear collection so we can what punish them lock them up do whatever with them because we have evidence there's proof there's a witness there's eyewitnesses uh, it's, I think even lately their uh, eyewitnesses are not so credible because of the eyes the me 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 I would say because we see what we think we see we don't see what we see we see what we think we see if you actually saw what was in front of you you wouldn't convict anybody because you would realize that everyone you're looking at is your mother ultimately relatively maybe not but ultimately you're completely connected which is a, a kind of a useless word because it's just an ego word we're all connected no we're not you can only be connected if you're separate and you are separated but you're not fundamentally separate so trying to take something that's separated and put it together with your logic your ideation your conclusions your exclusions and uh and allow that to protect the further escapades of the ego it's a protection okay and anytime you come to a conclusion ego you don't need them if you are truly respectful of the very environment you're in which includes your own mind stream which includes your own the stream outside your window if you live in the woods where there's a stream the traffic going down the road the lawnmower running next door if you're truly respectful of that and you're respectful of your reactions to it you will see that they are not separate and if you do that the ego gets no no oxygen in that area it's not to say that it won't continue but the the wisdom mind your buddha nature your awareness will see that it is untrue and it'll just be one more uh, branch on a tree it'll be one more situation that is what dependently arisen so it has a kind of what what is that uh, new word truthiness it has a kind of truthiness to it because it certainly feels real well if it feels real shouldn't we go with it no don't do it because if you if something feels a certain way and you go with that what have you just done you've abandoned the feeling for what you think the feeling points to this is a misunderstanding it's a really fat one you could look at it if you look at it it begins to lose its sheen not to mention its volume so it's not about not collecting evidence even though i might say or have i written this down here yeah don't collect it, don't uh don't yeah don't gather evidence when i say that you can't help it i can't help it we can't help it but by saying that uh it brings our mind to uh, how are we are we would we have a situation where we're trying to find some kind of proof for something just observe that don't stop it when i say don't don't gather it i'm just saying just what i'm really saying is be aware of that and i know by saying don't do that your mind more than likely will come to seeing how how are you fundamentally processing whatever is showing up in front of you by accepting it rejecting it or shutting down on it those three seem to be applicable in in any life situation so in the mundane realm gathering evidence is uh, our culture supports it the legal system supports it our cultural our relationship with our family supports it it's but it isn't it interesting that there's so much division everywhere politically spiritually 
and so on in the world, and yet everybody's collecting evidence. If they were, if the evidence worked, wouldn't we all be pretty much in agreement? Why would they even have an attorney? Why even have an attorney? I mean, you know, um, how many attorneys do we have here besides Sanho? Sanho is studying to be an attorney. He's here somewhere. Is Andy Sick here by any chance? He's an attorney. And it's not that we shouldn't be doing that, of course. Of course, we should be we should be working with the, the relative world in the way that the relative world is set up as and has been slowly accumulating evidence for being uh, correct for a long time. In the in the dynamic that shows up for every person, as soon as you go to sleep, uh, as soon as you go to sleep, um, you start to gather evidence. As soon as you start to dream, there's a kind of evidence gathering or uh, believing in this, not believing in that, going with this, not going with that. And, and it's totally uh, uh, a dream to dream. And so therefore, the whole idea of past and future doesn't even hold up there. Well, that happened back then. Well, there is no back yet, back then in a dream. There is no future in a dream. There's just the dream. It's just a dream. And uh, as is said in the in the teachings, it says the dream you have at night is a sample dream. And the dream you're having right now is the real dream. That shows you what a dream is. Then you wake up and see that this is completely dreamlike. It is an illusion. Your true nature is not just a body-mind complex getting ready to have breakfast. <clears throat> if you think it is, you don't have to stop thinking it is, but be aware that you're concluding things about your identity and about your environment. Subjectivity, objectivity. This is what the sitting practice of meditation will take you into. It will take you into a personal discovery of what this is. This is not a belief system. There are a lot of spiritual paths, quote unquote, that are about a higher, better, greater, spiritual, creator dynamic. Uh, Buddhism, if it is taught the way that the Buddha presented it, does not do that. Not saying that there aren't forms of Buddhism that take that kind of a, a track up the mountainside. So the idea of this talk is about uh, encouraging you to, to look at, at any time you, you have a big cause. Anytime you look at something and then abandon what you're looking at for why, uh, this is that's you're looking for evidence because that conclusion, either positive, negative, neutral, about that reifies the one who is what witnessing that. It reifies the power, the strength, the apparent reality of the witness or the self. It's unreal, but don't believe me. You could consider it. You could consider looking. And seeing that that which appears as me and my world or me and my bedroom or me and my broken lawnmower, unreal. Relatively, it's substantial and that should not be ignored. We're not talking about moving to a mountaintop, building a cabin and looking at the wall for the next 30 years. If you need to do that, you'll already be there. You won't be listening to me. So the idea here is to be aware that if you're on the track of something and you are endeavoring to get evidence to accomplish this or accomplish that, even evidence that your meditation practice is, is working, um, you won't be able to do that. I'm not saying you won't, that something won't occur that looks like 
uh, I'm feeling better. Uh, med my meditation must be working. I'm less, uh, uh, less, um, apparently, uh, Mike, apparently your cat does not want you to watch this. <laughs> so the idea there is to observe the way you are grasping at the evidence or rejecting the evidence or concluding something. And it's not that it's not relatively true. Of course it is. But like I said before, if this worked, you would not be here. You, you would not be listening to someone who is, in, who is encouraging you to look into your consciousness. Look at what is being, what shows up. Look at it. Some of you I've talked to quite a bit, and some of you I have not talked to maybe at all or very little. But what I always encourage you to do is don't believe me, just if you're coming this direction, then I'm going to say, find out, sit down, hold still, and discover that the nature of the consciousness itself and see that it is without a center. It's without, you have a question? Go ahead. Uh, this is from Melissa in Portland. Yes, Melissa. She asks, uh, when I have feelings about a situation, I collect evidence about it. Then more feelings arise, which then causes me to collect more evidence. Is that a form of dependent origination? If not, what is it, Melissa? Everything is dependent origination. Anything you can point to, anything that shows up, is dependent on everything else for its, for its apparent singularity or conclusiveness or exclusiveness. Inclusion, exclusion, not, not dissimilar. Just two motions. But they're still in, uh, in the cause and effect system that has been pointed out as Pratija Samutpada by the Buddha. Uh, long time ago, and 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 even deeper deeper than that in the Indian tradition. So what shows up? The idea there is to not stop collecting evidence, but just notice that, just be aware, and you'll be more and more aware the more you do sitting practice of meditation. That that ability you could call it an ability to just see what occur, occurs as it appears, uh, to see what appears. And see as it appears, and see that as it appears, uh, it's uh, it's at, to see as it is. You have to see how it appears, and to see how, how to see what it is, you have to see that that the, what is appearing uh, uh, initially is your ideas about it. So that what looks like it's appearing out here is actually what you're adding to it with your ideas about that based on hope and fear. So the evidence you are collecting, and I'm not accusing you of anything, Melissa, but, but the evidence you're co collecting is actually not out there. Even though the activity might be out there, what happens is we, it's a, it's partial evidence. We only collect part of the story. We collect that part of the story that supports what our initial desire grasping our initial aggression trying to get rid of, or our initial uh, feeling of uh, that's does that really concern me? Should I even be looking at that ignorance? Trying to ignore, uh, trying to ignore, set it off to the side. Come to a conclusion that well, that's not even important. I don't know why I'm even looking at that. I'm just characterizing several ways that that can show up. So what I would say to you, Melissa, uh, you're asking me something, so I'm going to tell you something. Just just observe. Spend as much time in front of the wall as you can. Uh, without being uh, aggressive or forceful or macho about it, just do that. If you can't, if you can't sit there, get up. Pay attention to what's happening in the mind. Don't obey it. Don't fight with it. And stay with your original inspiration to do what? That depends on your particular practice. 
Uh, it may be just to be sane. Maybe you're, maybe you're just not just you, but anybody. Maybe we're just tired of being confused. We're tired of being crazy about stuff, about having intense feelings that we have no idea where they're coming from. So we try to attribute, well, this must be because, well, this must be because. We speculate on it. Don't speculate. Sit down, hold still, look at the speculator. Is that real? Is that aspect of the consciousness that thinks me, me, me and my stuff, my ideas, my beliefs, my opinions, what I think is right, what I think is wrong? Evidence, evidence, evidence for the meanness, evidence for the person who's getting somewhere. You're not getting anywhere. If you think you are, nothing lasts. Is there anything that lasts? Find out. Find out if there's something that is fundamentally the truth and fundamentally uh, has has a kind of reality that you, that you are not separate from fundamentally. Don't believe a word I say. Don't disbelieve it. Don't believe it. Don't don't throw it away unless you need to do that. I trust you so much that I respect whatever you do. If I never see you again, I may miss you, but I won't be concerned about you. Why? Why? Find out. Train your mind. Find out what this is so there's no doubts. If you have doubts, you might want to continue to listen. Further questions? You have them. When you're bowing, yeah. uh, William Murray asks, how is consciousness without a center? Free. It's, it's, it's no longer the, uh, the relative word is freedom. But the consciousness without a center, even the word freedom doesn't apply because there isn't anything else. There's nothing to be free from. There's nothing to be free to do. You're just free. Whatever this is, whatever is arising and receiving through the six sense fields, including the mind, is free. So as long as there's a, an incarnation, uh, then that will just manifest and it will function in terms with respect to dependent origination. We need to really respect the confusion in order to see what it is. If you're trying to fix the confusion, it's like uh, it's like operating on the wrong person. It's like cutting somebody open just because you have a knife, you're a scalpel, and you have a credential as a, a surgeon. I'm not mocking that at all. I'm just saying that that don't operate too quickly. Look at it. Look at look at what this is. Don't conclude. And if you do conclude, just be aware that if you're just aware that you're concluding, the concluding mind, the self-centered mind, the greedy mind, the mind that is full of itself, full of pride. If you're full of pride, you won't know it. Other people around you might see it. And your your friends will probably not tell you about it because they don't know how to do that without hurting your feelings. And they don't want to hurt your feelings. <clears throat> I think I gave a talk on friendship once, pointing out the different kinds of friendship. Yes. Rusheen has a question. Rusheen. What does it mean to be genuinely respectful? So there's two things I can say about that. One is don't conclude. And the other one is observe that you conclude. Don't conclude. If you come to a conclusion about this is what happens when you conclude anything, you stop looking. It's called ignorance. You stop looking at it. And the ego mind loves that because it gets to hide out in the closet. It might be a closet that's on the public stage. That's another kind of closet. That's for another talk. So respectful is don't conclude about anything. And if you do conclude, then just watch the conclusion. If you observe the awareness, the power of prajna, 
the power, the power of the awareness that is being, I wouldn't say developed, but is being uncovered as you look at the wall is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And you might be feel, feeling more and more threatened and think, ah, I'm not going to do this meditation anymore. I need to find a meditation that makes me feel good. Well, I can recommend a few people. I'm not going to. All you have to do is go on YouTube. There's all kinds of people that will promise you stuff about training your mind. And they usually want your money. If they charge you a fee, I'm not saying you can't charge somebody a fee for some some aspects of the teaching. Of course you can. But if, if it looks like they're really trying to get money out of you to keep their staff paid or whatever, it should be suspect. It's not that that isn't appropriate. It could be appropriate. Here again, uh, you could say, well, so aren't you coming to a conclusion there? Yep. I get to. And you do, too. You do, too. You can come to all the conclusions you want. I'm not trying to stop you from doing it. I'm trying to say, be aware that you abandon your Buddha nature or something else constantly because you think there is something else. And there, my friends, my dear friends, there isn't anything else. If you don't see, see that, you not only will you continue to suffer, but you will, without intentionally doing it, you'll torture other people. Further questions? Yes. You talk about how you teach and you function out of what you see. How is that different from functioning out of how the evidence looks? Because the evidence uh, shows up here and shows up there. But but you, when I say you, not just you, but anyone who's not clear about this will look at the evidence and uh, will cover it up by concluding that it means something else. And if you don't conclude, then the evidence may show up in such a way that you may find yourself wandering away from it because of how it looks or what it is or how you see it or how it appears or as it is. You may wander away, but it's not a decision. You see that it's a forest fire. Get out of there. Or become a firefighter. That would be dependently arisen, and you would not have a choice. It's called choicelessness. The amazing thing is if you see someone operating out of choicelessness, they might look just like everyone else, except they don't have any personal agenda anymore other than to be with all things. If they're a living being and they are, uh, they understand what this world is, uh, they will totally be at the service of that world, of this world. They will see it. They will see it. And it will be choiceless to, but to help others, apparent others who are stuck in their, in their self-centeredness, their narcissism, uh, their their bullshit mind. They believe they're bullshit. There are people out there who will who will tell you about that and tell you methods and devices and ways for getting rid of that or being a better person, being more spiritual, being more at peace, being more relaxed. If you're listening to me, you're <laughs> probably. Um, need to listen to somebody else. I'm not going to give you that. If we see that we're trying to um, prove something to somebody or manipulate them to think the way that we do, how can we start to respect them? So the way I've talked about in the past is just listen, listen, ask them questions, not not interrogation, but how are you feeling? 
how are things going for you? And they stand fine. And then you don't have to plunge into their uh, particular apparent neurosis that you're probably able to see very clearly because you've been uh, pushing yours away for years. Not just you, but anyone. Then take an interest in them. If you take an interest in somebody, one of the things you'll notice is that you don't like doing it. If you take an interest and start putting someone else first, it won't feel particularly nutritious to your ego. It may be uh, more like uh, fasting for the ego. Because we really want to think about us and me and what I'm thinking about. And we want to worry or we want to fret about ourselves. Nothing. Who you are is not threatened at all. It's not threatened. Who you think you are is in big danger. Death comes without warning. This body will be a corpse. At that time, the Dharma, not only at that time, but right now. The Dharma or the truth outside of uh, the Buddha Dharma, just the fundamental truth. As uh, Meister Eckhart said in the, 17th, or the 13th century, as we know, and I've repeated this many times, uh, this is one of the reasons they probably, uh, the, the church probably uh, murdered him. Is because he said, if God went this way and truth went that way, I could let God go uh, uh, follow the truth. Pretty profound for the 13th century, let alone for a, a Catholic monk. When you're bowing, uh, oh, no. Rusheen has a follow-up question. Good. She asks, it feels like the only way to be respectful is to not do or say anything, since it all feels like a mess of conclusions. What do we do to not torture? Uh, yeah, keep it zipped. Don't talk. I mean, you could spend, you could even, you could even set up a form for yourself. So I'm, I'm not going to say anything unless I have to for the next week or do it for one day. Do it for an hour, especially in your situation, Rusine. You've got, haven't you got four children living with you? Seems like, as I recall, I'm not very good with numbers, but it seems like as the last time I was there, I saw four baby bunnies. All numbers look like bunnies, if you haven't noticed. So that you could set up a form where you're, so that you do it with a form. Set up the form and don't obey it, but observe it. Observe how you can't quite do it. How you, in the middle of that, you still talk. It's not, and don't correct that. Don't go in with the opposite and try to create somebody who can obey a form. It's not about, about obeying. That's a misunderstanding. I, I think that's why I spent four years in the Marine Corps to find out what it meant to manipulate people and, and torture them and scare them and threaten them and get them to do what you say. That's what this whole world is about, people obeying other people. So you could set up a forum and and see the way you the way you can't quite do that. That may be the first uh, lesson to use the capital word with the capital S's in the middle. That may be the first one where you see, you know, I can't can't quite keep my trap shut. I need to comment on everything and everybody and so on. So you could do a little bit. And then, and then use your awareness to see the way the, the, the division shows up without a self or if it shows up with a self, if there's someone there, if, there, if, uh, if Rusheen is there or Christy is there and it shows up as somebody doing something or mom doing something, 
If, it show, if the identity shows up, that's all, always about awareness. Don't modify it. Don't change it. Don't shave it off. Don't minimize it. Do nothing with it. What? Just receive that as a perception or as information. And then the next time, the next time you pick out an hour where you're going to do that, then notice if there's any contrast between the two. Not improvement. I'm not talking about that kind of conclusion. Sure, Valley. Yes. Frequently, you'll bring up uh, <clears throat> talk titles that are um, like, don't do this, don't conclude, don't add. <coughs> um, and you'll say that it's a, it's not about not doing that. It's about seeing how we can't help but do it. Um, if we're seeing that we're collecting the evidence and we're endeavoring not to, is there an active um, intention to not do that? That, that if you see that, if you're inspired at all by, I mean, you wouldn't be here. I mean, you'd find some reason to do something else. You wouldn't be at this talk. Uh, it's dependently arisen. So I say, I'm going to talk about this. There's a, what a, a, a couple dozen people or whatever here that want to know what I have to say about this. Why is that? What's that about? Or what is that? Might be a better W question. The what question always seems to be more direct and, and, and penetrating than the why question, which abandons what is being questioned for some kind of alternate universe. <clears throat> so I would say the, the way your question is arising, I would say it's going to happen uh, maybe a little bit of each of those. There'll be some kind of understanding where you're cutting back on that. You may notice that you're just spontaneously not going into something quite as quickly as you did somebody's comment or somebody's activity or some situation that's arising. Uh, you're, you can even call it respect. But it's not respect isn't something you generate as uh, giving someone respect. If you give something your attention, respect is, uh, goes with that. If you give it your attention, because then you see what it is, and you see that you should not be interfering with what's happening in your digestive tract or in your, in your iris contracting and opening with the amount of light that's coming in. That is none of your business. What is your business? Find out. Sit down. See if there's anything that's your business. Find out, find out who you are. Don't, don't look away from that, please. Don't. Find out who you are. It's not about believing in Sokazan or believing in Buddhism or belie believing in anything. Don't believe in anything. Don't disbelieve it. Don't take the opposite track. Go ahead, Chisho. Chisho Bali. Uh, going back to the response that you gave to Junshu about keeping quiet. Uh, if keeping quiet has a feeling of not helping somebody else, uh, how, how do you work with that? But, yeah. So the idea of the feeling of not helping somebody else uh, may actually be minding your own business. But if you, if the other aspect of the, of the little, uh, the, the donuts that are around the corner, my, my word for don't, the donuts that are around the corner uh, are showing up uh, in, a, in a way that you don't really realize that you're making something your business that is actually their business. So the best way, this is just a possibility, the best way to respect somebody is to mind your own business until you really get permission. This doesn't mean they're coming out and saying, help me, help me, I need your help. What should I do? What should I do? When they say that, listen to them. Say, I, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, let me think about it a little bit. Postpone it a little bit rather than go in with any kind of immediate advice or suggestions. Respect their confusion. 
And when their confusion shows up to you and you're a person who's been working with their mind and you're beginning to have an understanding of what's happening with your own confusion, uh, you're beginning to be more clear about other people's confusion. There's there could be more of just just being respectful of the confusion. You know, if they're standing in front of a moving train and you see the train coming, uh, you know, you have my permission to snatch them out of the way of the train. Not that you need my permission, but that's that's dependent origination in in a, in its a powerful, powerful immediacy. You, you're not going to see that immediacy. Uh, you will see your idea about that. So like two people come, one is threatening to I'm going to use an extreme example here. And, and please uh, don't believe anything I say. Uh, this is not instructions on how to do this. You can't give instructions on how to live. You can only give instructions on how to see uh, reality. This is all the Buddha did. Two situations, two people are threatening suicide. One of them, you grab them and stop them because you see what that is. The other one, you respect their uh, confusion. But, but that's not a decision. If you decide that with your thinking mind, um, you might actually interfere with the person who needs to go through that process uh, and actually stop the or, uh, you know, it might flip on you is what I'm trying to say is the very person that you should be stopping. You're not because you're trying to respect them out of your thinking process. And the person that uh, that needs your respect, you're actually stopping them, which later on, then they kill themselves. I'm just making up a story here. But I'm saying be very respectful of other people. In, in terms of that, so that so I would say the other word that I sometimes say is uh, don't do anything else you have to. So wait. It might be very difficult to listen to someone who's having a lot of difficulty. Uh, watch very carefully and see that if your thought process is arising in front of what you're seeing, you, you, the, the first, as uh, Trungpa Rinpoche would say, first thought, best thought. It doesn't mean that it was a thought. It doesn't mean that it was necessarily the best, but he's trying to help people who are asking him questions. And you say, well, Probably the very th first thing is arising uh, has the least amount of chance of having a bunch of your stupid ideas laminated onto it. When I say stupid, I'm not saying stupid in the, in, in the sense of being wrong. I'm saying it's stupid in the sense of being ignorant, ignorant of what is there. The ignorance of what is there is, is very challenging to the self-centered mind, and it feels like it's threatened when it doesn't understand. So it'll make up stuff instead of being brave, you could say. And being willing to receive what is a, uh, what is appearing? What is this world? Who are these people that is your daughter, your son, your mother, your aunt, your father? Who are these? Wh what is this? And as soon as you say that W question, who, then you might want to say, what is this? You might say, want to say, who is this? This is, this is the, the, the one that is covered over with, uh, uh, what? come up with a couple of different uh, uh, conclusions uh, full of horseradish. That's you don't want a lot of that on you. Diamonds are good, but you can't eat them. So am I being silly? No, I'm making perfect sense. So if, if you're clear about your, if you're, if you're clear about this, about who you are, then you more than likely, because we're not separate, fundamentally, you'll be clear about others and you'll, be, you'll respect what some people might be trying to change someone, but you're respectful of them. Someone else, uh, people are saying, ah, you're on your own. You know, you, you made you made your bed and I'll lay on it. Or you might actually jump out your window, run down the street and try to find them to save them or help them, protect them. 
but it needs to come out of your Buddha nature. Find out who you are. If you find out who you are, you'll make no more decisions about anything. And you also won't feel like you are somebody. The people might think you're somebody, but you know you're not. You know, you don't, you have no longer uh, some kind of a uh, identity dynamic that uh, causes you to win or lose or be popular or be in uh, disrepute. It's called Tamagishapa, ordinary mind, as the Tibetans would have it. Linda Valley, yes. another question, uh, or one from Wendy. Wendy. She asks, is not knowing a conclusion? If you think you don't know, then sure, it's a conclusion. <laughs> but if you know you don't know, then that's a no-no. I can see you're smiling. So. <laughs> I think that might have been a, at least entertaining and nothing else. But it's a, it's you 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 know it. It's not a, it's not a, if you know something you don't conclude. If you conclude something, I'm not saying you can't. You can you know if you smell smoke coming, you can conclude. Uh, you might conclude right away. Oh, the uh, the the uh, uh, the water's boiling over. The the uh, whatever something is burning in the kitchen. There might be a conclusion that will cause you to get up and run in there and you might find that something else is happening. It's actually the neighbor's house is burning and that's what you're smelling. So there's not that we can't conclude. And when I say don't conclude uh, again, like I said earlier, it's trying to get you or me or any of us to look at the way the mind concludes things and how that is uh, uh, from the point of view of the spiritual path, that is a uh, spiritual materialism. Uh, ultimate nature is not a conclusion. Questions are good. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, uh, if you don't ask questions, I may continue for a while. I may not. Yes. Uh, Melissa has another question. Melissa. Not saying or doing anything seems counter to the practice of setting boundaries. Can I set a boundary without saying anything? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if you, yeah, you could just set the boundary and then, and then observe. The, you set the boundary and then observe the way it, it, it tends to breathe. Yeah, no prisoner for anything. Don't take don't take prisoners. Don't close down on anything. Uh, discipline is about observing forms. It is not about following them or being some kind of a puppet. Yeah, I have a, a few students, and some students are extremely, from the relative point of view, are very disciplined. If there's a form, they're all about that. But sometimes going into that form is about escaping the 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 chaotic world uh, around them, around us. So sometimes it's, a, it's an escape into the form. That not, not incorrect. It's just about observing. Someone else doesn't like the form because when they're in that form, that tight form, that four-hour meditation block, uh, they, they see too clearly how, uh, how, how, uh, um, how knotted up or how uh, fundamentally unraveling their mind becomes. This is awareness. Please, whatever, when you do block setting, if you do it, and I highly recommend it, sit down, hold still, watch what moves. A anything that moves is fair game, to use the hunting uh, image. Anything that moves is fair game. That means that if your body gets up off the cushion and goes uh, out on the porch to smoke a cigarette, I don't smoke cigarettes, uh, to take a tea break, that's movement. That's not something you're doing something wrong. Watch the movement. Your intention is to see clearly. 
you're not going to hear this from other teachers. They're going to probably tell you to hold still and make yourself sit there no matter what, no matter how much your knees hurt. Uh, this, this comes from decades of doing this. It took me, I'm very slow at learning anything. I can hardly even think. I'm not very smart. And that's not just a false, uh, what's that called? Modesty? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just the truth. Yes. There are two questions on YouTube. Okay. From Hassan. Very good. He says, Dear Sokazan, in my meditation, I experience this vast space in which all sound, sensation, and even wall or visuals appear. All objects are in that space and no subject. Is that my true nature or Kensho? What was your name again? Hassan. Yeah. So, hmm. I don't know if I've met you or not, Hassan. Um, if I have and I don't recall, then uh, my apologies. Um, but I would say uh, no. Further questions are fine if you have them. Hassan has another question. Good. <laughs> he says, I can sit with intention of just observing my mind, but I have trouble sometimes sitting with koans. How do I make them part of sitting without making it thinking? Okay, so if you're sitting with koans, uh, I would have to ask you a question. First of all, do you have a koan teacher or instructor? You have a, do you have a do you have a, uh, a, uh, a Zen master? Do you have a teaching person or uh, a guru or whatever? Do you have some kind of person, a uh, mentor helping you with this? If you don't and you're working on koans yourself, then you might as, well be, might as well be doing something else. You might as well be doing crossword puzzles, which are kind of like koans. I don't teach koans. Uh, if you come to me and you want a koan, uh, I'm your koan. Now, I'm not inviting you to do that necessarily. You should, if you, if koan practice is something you need to do, go right ahead. Do all 100 of them. Read all the answers. There's a book on it. You can read 100 koans and all the answers. You can do that. Koans are just logical uh, clumps of, it's kind of like uh, the Zen form of humor. Uh, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Well, that's kind of stupid. One hand can't clap. Well, if somebody that you have a lot of respect for that's wearing a fancy robe and sitting on a throne, ask you that, then you're probably going to be engaged in that koan. It's just a logical trap. It's like a trap. So, and it may be helpful. It may not. There are people that have practiced koan. I know somebody who's a koan teacher and this, uh, this person is not awake. Uh, is that a conclusion I came to? No, I don't have to come to conclusions. All I have to do is see it. It's not a conclusion. If fire, if you stick your hand in fire and you, you don't have to conclude that it's hot, you just have to be present with everything, not just present with your nerve endings, but present with all of your endings, including your mind ending. The mind and the sense of touch are not two different things. They're just separated. Find out. Find out. Don't take my word for anything. Believe nothing. Sure, Valing. If you don't come to a conclusion, do you still see conclusions? Yes. 
just like the conclusion you came to before you asked me the question. Sure, Bowie. Are conclusions innocent? Innocent of what? Sure, Bowie. Obscuring what's in front of us? Yes. It's called Tibetan origination. But that's a frightening that's a frightening insight for ego because it means that that it's just a conclusion. <laughs> so I mean, to conclude that you're somebody is a, is a kind of a, as a Trunk Burmache would call it, a cosmic joke. When you see it, it's just hilarious that it's taken you so long. Cheers, I'm back. Warren asks, how does sitting down and observing the mind lead to one finding out who they are when they're receiving and not particularly looking for anything? It won't if you don't if you don't have the from from the way I see it, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's less likely without the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the three jewels. That's why this is such a powerful teaching, because that particular structure, algorithm or whatever you want to call it is you need all three of those. And if, if one of them is lacking in some way, then and when I say, in other words, it's not emphasized or you think you can do it with just the teacher and just the teaching or you think you just you can just study the 30 verses of Vasubandhu or uh, in praise of Dharmadhatu by Nagarjuna and attain enlightenment on your own, possible. It's possible just to go to the mountaintop as long as you're in China and uh, sit up there the rest of your life and just uh, look at the wall. It's possible to do that. There are, be there are people doing that. But, it, but it's unlikely without uh, that kind of a, a structure or form. Further question on that, if you have it. Ian, bye. Ian, go ahead. Is seeing what this is fundamentally dependently originated? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, surprise, huh? Yeah. You could go further if you if 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 you've got the guts, I do. You can't find a tree limb that I'm not willing to go out on. Ian Bowling, I don't think that was the answer I was expecting, so I don't really know where else to go right now. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but my my answer is dependent on what I see. Uh, if I, if uh, if Bushin were to ask me that, a different answer. If uh, uh, Sokoan or, or or Mark or uh, Katie or someone else would ask me, then it would be it would be different because it's dependently arisen. So the, the actual answer you got is the answer that you didn't weren't looking for. So that's why you got that answer. Not separate. There isn't anyone here. I'm mean, sure there's an old man here with a this bald with a tooth missing and who thinks he's a rabbit. This is some people think when I do this, that's a devil. That's not a devil, it's a bunny rabbit. <laughs> See how you project. <laughs> Not, it's not separate. It's not some other person. G good questions. Please come. Bring your, bring your insight, your intelligence, this direction with a question, and I'll help you as much as I can. That's the way I get permission from you. I can see it, but I can't respond unless you ask me, unless you put yourself on the spot, especially in front of the Sangha. Thank you, Bowie. A few more questions from Hassan. Go ahead, Hassan. 
says, I've been doing Zazen by myself for five years now, on and off. I go to a retreat to do Zazen in my local temple. To make real progress, do I have to commit to the monastic life and give up my job and personal duties to my dependents? Not at all. No, connect with the Buddha, uh, a teacher. Doesn't, I'm not, not here to promote myself. Uh, connect with a teacher. If you have a teacher where you're at, then connect with that teacher. Put that teacher on the spot. If, if it's a true teacher, they'll be able to work with you. If not, you'll know it. It'll be choiceless. You just won't, won't be there. But no, you don't have to, you don't have to re- receive vows or precepts or anything. the only thing I say that people uh, want to say have to do, and they don't have to do anything, but you're asking me. So I would say, train your mind. You've been doing meditation for five years, not very long. And it would depend on how much you've been doing each day. If it's not very long, it takes a long time. Some people, it's been said that in the Zen tradition, it's, it takes about 20 years. Uh, that wasn't my case. It's more like twice that long. I'm not sure that anything's even occurred anyway. But in response, a further response to your uh, question, take care of your dependents. Continue to have your job. Um, if you can uh, connect with uh, a, t- a teaching person that you trust, and this is a person with koans, uh, practice, uh, that's a... Uh, it's it's about the connection you have with the teacher rather than is the teacher enlightened or not. If you're looking for an enlightened teacher, you're going to look for a long time because you're just going to see your projections until you're awake yourself. It'll look like some people are awake and some people are not. And the, the, the teaching person, if, uh, if she is awake, all she sees is the she sees is the Buddha everywhere in everything all the time. And it's not even a 24-7. It's more than that. And so I would say, uh, try to use that since you're practicing Zen, then uh, use that uh, situation. If you have a koan uh, master, then you can continue to work with that. If that's what you need to do, you'll know. But you're you're listening to me or you're talking to me. So I would say, uh, uh, take care of your uh, dependents. Keep your job. Uh, Schedule yourself so that you get some practice in. Do some long-term practice, uh, and the practice. One of the practices that I teach, especially for people who who are are outside of a of a of a structured uh, a monastery or a strong form or like that, I would say block sitting uh, four-hour periods, uh, maybe once a week. Anyway, so you actually go down in. You don't you don't do any walking meditation. You don't do don't have any other form other than sit down, strike the bell. Four hours later, get up. No, nothing else, I mean, unless you need to. I mean, you and I wouldn't meditate on koans. I would just watch what moves, including your body. If it gets up and goes to get a sandwich, that's also movement in. But make sure the form is there. Observe the form. Bell rings four hours later, it rings again. What you do in there is awareness practice. And it, as much as your intention will stand, it should be sitting still and watching what moves. Jeez, I'm done. Warren asks, if one is actively participating, how can one establish which aspect of Buddha, Dharma, Sangha is lacking for them? I would say in your situation, they're, they're, uh, we've just met, so I'm not really sure how to respond to you so much personally. So I would say you're, you're doing okay. You're doing what needs to be done. We, we have to 
look at the whole COVID thing and the downside, it, it's kind of collapsed the, the immediacy of the monastery, but then the, the Zoom has expanded. So we have, have a more people are able to have access, even though you live in, on the other side of the earth. So there's upsides, downsides, uh, however you want to look at it. So we're able to do this. This is a, it's a matter of just continue and, and keep those uh, in mind. You can also, even though you haven't formally received vows, you can actually begin to bring that form. You could, before you sit, maybe you do this already, I don't know. You could have, a, have an altar or something, some kind of a focus. And it can be anything from, it can be just a stick of incense. And take refuge, say, I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Dharma, I take refuge in the Sangha. I take refuge in the Buddha as an example of someone who is sane, if you can find somebody. I take refuge in the Dharma as the truth that the Buddha taught. Everything is dependently risen. There are no separate beings anywhere. Simply put, that's the Buddha Dharma. And uh, not to mention all the other things that are taught there. And then I take refuge in the Sangha or the community of people who are who are endeavoring to understand this uh this uh, transcendent teaching of the nature of the world and the nature of, of consciousness. If, if you're doing that, you can, you can do that as a form. That would be up to you. Some people do it with really, some people are in the monastery and are fully ordained monks and are practicing this as much, these forms as much as they can. And other people uh, are not, they're doing uh, a different version of it. And I respect that. I respect people to do what they need to do for themselves. And then I, like, like you asked me that question, then I'm able to um, g give you my response. <clears throat> Any further questions? Anna Maria Bowling. Yes, Anna Maria. You mentioned earlier um, that people come to this path, uh, you know, not because life was going too well, <laughs> um, <No. laughs> tired of intense feelings and not knowing where they come from. Yes. Um, if you if you are genuinely tired of these feelings and that suffering and neither looking to get rid of them, but also not wanting to add to them, what, what does respecting your suffering look like in that? in working with that? Uh, receive it as clearly as you can. Receive it, not like, oh, I got this coming. I'm not saying that, but just receive it. Anything that shows up in your mind stream or in your life stream, whether it's another human being or a job or the lack of a job or more food, less food or good health, bad health, what, what, whatever may happen there, whatever happens up in the, in the mind stream are not as separated as they appear. Whatever happens in the mind stream uh, is, is exactly what you need to see. Why do I say that? Because it's dependently risen. It's not happening to a self. We add the self. I'm feeling this way. Oh, my God, here I go again. As soon as you say, here I go again, or why is this happening? Any kind of inquiry that is that, uh, that abandons the awareness that receives it, which is the mind stream, and opts for some kind of a thinking process called a form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness in some kind of a structure. It's like, it's uh, as Nagarjuna has said in the first century, it's the cage of your afflictions. You know, the, the passion, aggression, ignorance have got this thing all knotted up. And what do we do with that? Just observe. 
that may be showing up as intense negative feelings that are coming from are, are uh, basically sourceless. We're not saying there isn't evidence somewhere. Uh, someone who's a, a Jungian analyst, it'll find the source because they have a particular model of how the mind works. Someone who's a, a psychoanalyst or someone who's a therapist. And again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying some people can only approach their difficulty, their pain, their suffering through some kind of a mundane uh, structure or approach. So some people are ready to do that. Some people, if you're looking at me, you're probably ready to do this with your consciousness, but with just with your awareness, uh, along with the teachings, which are very structural of the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links, and the Chain of Existence, and so on. So you can, so the ego has something to fiddle around with that is relatively true about the ultimate without interfering with the person's uh, mind stream in such a way that it causes them to fall into the rut of belief or the rut of disbelief or the, the other rut on the other side of the path called uh, ignorance, which is more like a deep hole. So just receive, just the intense feelings insofar as you can just feel the texture of those feelings. If you're feeling the texture of the feelings, you are not, you are not locking out the sky. If you're not feeling a texture, you're just wrestling with clouds and you're ignoring the incredibly vast open spaciousness of the sky. So feel the texture because you can't have texture without space around the what? Nap and the carpeting. Bowing. Um, when when the impact of what is happening is a, has a very it's a very vis visceral and physical impact. Oh. How is that related to, is that related to identity? Yeah. How, how do you work with that? Sometimes when, when, I, when, I, when, when the impact is so visceral and so physical, almost crippling, it legitimizes something. And then I have, and then that's difficult for me to work with because then I'm dealing with legitimizing something, which feels suspicious, but... So how is that really, how do I work with that? My friend, continue, Anna Maria, continue to look at the, uh, what is, what is doing the legitimizing? What, what is the, what is uh, taking that evidence and concluding something about it? And this is legit, this is real. Uh, it's going to feel real. Just like uh, the, uh, the example I often use, if you're watching a really great uh, play or a movie or something, you know, especially like a horror movie, you know, it's unreal. Or, or a romance uh, movie or something, you know it's unreal, but yet you it, it tweaks or it triggers the emotions that we have. Uh, very similar to what's happening in, in your dynamic, the actual karma that is arising in your mind stream or in your life stream, uh, outside, inside, or not that dissimilar. So do nothing with it other than just receive it. So if you can, just, uh, and the, um, I don't know if I've taught you this. This is something that uh, I don't know where it came from. I didn't invent it, but I think it's a good process for someone to, bring uh to encourage the attitude to actually be with all things to actually encourage the the vow of the bodhisattva to don't abandon anyone or anything and start with yourself uh, and, and the way is to be have gratitude and it feels artificial but just do it anyway the uh, sitting meditation feels artificial remember when you first started that this is dumb i'm gonna sit here and do nothing but look at a wall who thought this damn thing up yeah. Resented you for like two months. Yeah. Well, some people are still resenting me. <laughs> uh, in fact, I heard from, um, who did I hear? Was it Tr Teresa told me, uh, yeah, it was Teresa that told me that Susan Piper, when she was kind of checking me out through Susan, said, uh, 
And Susan said, well, I, uh, some people really love Sokazan and some people really hate Sokazan. And then Susan said, I love Sokazan. So then apparently that was enough for Teresa to keep coming in this direction. So I would say when that, when that, uh, when that critter arises, uh, just, uh, the one that I talked well, I was about to say is, uh, thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. In the midst of your intense complaint, just go at it. Use the conceptual mind to go at the structure that keeps insisting on you're wrong. You're to blame. Uh, you, uh, you're a bad person. <laughs> you need to repent or all the other common things that happens with people. Uh, just go in and, uh, be, uh, be grateful. Be grateful. I mean, you're a human being. We don't know how we got here. We have this human life, this this incredible experience to experience uh, and to see what this is for ourselves and to transcend this world uh, while we're still uh, we're still stuck in it. We can actually transcend it. Can it be done? Find out. Bowing. Yes. Can a way with uh, working with the physical impact and the physical aspect be? Uh, appreciating that I actually have a physical reaction at all. Of course, include, include, include. Don't exclude, uh, include, but then over. Don't particularly overdo that. Que siempre seas feliz. You thought I forgot yes, that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> so inconsiderate of you. I know. I'm just, a, I'm an ass. Uh, I'm here to insult you. <laughs> Gracias por los insultos. <laughs> Let's see. What's that other one I've got written down somewhere? Let's see. Uh, uh, Okay. So I don't know if I can do this or not. Que, que veras la verdad por te mismo. How's that? Kind of good. Good. Is that okay? Que veras la verdad por ti mismo. Por te mismo. Que veras la verdad por te mismo. Yeah. And here's the French one. Pouvez-vous uh, voir la vérité vous-même? 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 Is that correct, Mayun? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Uh, if you're not sure, then uh, I'm, I'm pretty much screwed. Uh, okay, I will say it again. Very good. We can we can close. Okay. Thank you so much for your uh, uh, kindness. penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.
Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with love.